Blog Talk Radio. So it ain't his record. He stole from somebody else. Drinking it from the top. Hell yeah, we take it from the top. Okay. Singing that in. I kiss the sky Sing a song of sixpence A pocket full of rhyme the fuck on the dive Oh, they coach Hope all y'all going Doing well on this Wednesday night It was a nice day today And here in Cincinnati I hope it was nice Wherever you are And everything Hope you're having a week And I hope you're Enjoying this um, NFL preseason And live to the college football Season as well More on that no more But at any rate Hey guys, for uh, tuning in once again, this is Scott Burks, uh, this is the Clown Hour, and this is the podcast uh, partner, if you will, for my sports ball called The Clown Times, that's Clown Spill for K, by the way, and you'll be able to find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net, and you can find me on Facebook, just whatever you're on your smartphone, your tablet, or your what, laptop, or your desktop, if you're old school. But at any rate, you can go to the search window in the upper left-hand corner, tap in the Clown Times. Again, that's Clown Spill with K. You can find me there as well. Um, lots of news today uh, as far as Urban Meyer and everything else, but what um, you're going to dive into since um, the college football season starts next week, we're going to be talking about the 2018 college football season. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Lots of storylines uh, abound and everything else. I'm hoping to speak with my man Dwayne Nash. And speaking of which, here he is. Y'all know him in the meantime from Sleazy's Radio here on Baltimore on a weekly basis as well as the sports blog, HBCU Sports. I'm sorry, the yard slash HBCU Sports, where he writes about all things HBCU Sports. So here's Dwayne Nash in the house. What's up, brother? How you doing? Scott, I am doing fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. It sounds like a cat is howling in the backyard. Are you uh, are you feeding your animals accordingly? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's the last thing I need on my case was Peter. But no, that was a door closing. Oh, okay. just an old door. That's all it was. Well, speaking of pets, let's I, I, let's get this out of the way right quick. You heard about that lady in Florida, right? Who who like got mauled to death by a by by a crocodile. And it turns out that she got mauled because she was trying to protect her dog from getting mauled. And look, this is going to sound really bad. And first, of all, I don't really care because to me it's common sense. But as much as I like dogs, and I can't stand Casper away, but that's not here nor there. But as much as I hate, I mean, as much as I like dogs, there's no way in the hell I'm going to get between a dog and an alligator. No way. There is no way. Um, I'm trying to remember. Was it in the Lion King that has a song, "The Circle of Life"? I think so. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Sometimes exactly. it's it's your time, and that was his time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was that dog's time, yeah. or that dog was just going to have to be quick. I'm not getting in between the dog and the gator. It's not happening. No, unless and look, 
a buddy of mine said on 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 uh, on, uh, on on group me like in my said this. It's like unless the dog morphs into Holly Berry and transforms into Vanessa L. Williams, Sally Richardson, <laughs> Salma Hayek on a daily basis, ain't no way I'm, I'm messing with that dog. Ain't, ain't no way. There's no that, way. That, that, that's the. It's, it's just it just it, anyway. I know some Peter folks and I was gonna like like tear me apart for this, but hey. Common sense. That's that's how we. That's how most of them, people feel about it. But at any rate, so I thought I'd get that away since I, I thought I um, Yo, man, I know we're filling this college football season, man. I know we've been looking forward to this since yes. January eighth or whatever the hell it was. The week after New Year's, well, after the first four, the college football playoffs started uh, with the first four, as I call it. Um, we're going to get, by the way, this is, a, this is a side note here. We're going to be doing some black college football later on the season. Uh, but this okay. is dedicated This is dedicated to the big boys. This is dedicated to the to, to the power five. Now, look, I know some people in the group of five are like, well, what about us? Uh, look, I'm going to treat the group of five. First of all, I'm not getting paid for this. So I'm not going to get deep dive into the group of five. But I'll show them. We're gonna show them some love tonight. We're like we're gonna say like like we're gonna talk about who's gonna shot the world from the group of five. Who's the group of five teams watching of that nature? But we're gonna treat the group. At least I'm gonna treat the group of five like the college football playoff committee treats the group of five. Oh, like, oh that's that? cute. We're gonna focus yeah. on the group on the on the top five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so that's how we're gonna do it. But first, before we. Before we get into it, brother, I know you heard about Ohio State. I heard, I know you heard about uh, Urban Morgan suspended for three games, and also oh, I did not hear about that. Athletic director, yeah, exactly, and and also the athletic director Gene Smith got suspended about pay from what was the date range I saw earlier, uh, from uh, August thirty first to September sixteenth uh, for his oh, wow. in in the whole mess. Look. I figured that, that that Ohio State didn't have the stones to fire Urban Meyer. Like I said many times okay, no. before, podcast, you know that that he wins too much. They're not going to get rid of a coach who wins as much as Urban Meyer, who brings like, yeah. a, a lot of uh, recruits to the school like Urban Meyer, who put them in a bigger, who put them in the stratosphere as much as Urban Meyer. But I said this. All Urban Meyer had to do to mitigate this whole, whole, this whole mess, he could have go like going back to that fateful news conference. Instead of just berating the reporter and saying that he didn't know about it and getting upset with the reporter, get on his high horse, stuff like that, all he had to do was say the following: No comment. I will not be commenting on it while this investigation is ongoing. And it keeps saying that until the sporting director, whoever's on stage with them, tells that reporter to shut the hell up. That's why I would have. That's all he had to done to do. All he had to do was just say no comment, and I guarantee you he wouldn't be in this mess. What's your take on that, sir? I completely agree with that. I also think what he could have said was, you know what? Unfortunately, I was unaware of the incidents when they happened. I completely apologize mm-hmm. for my ignorance. From this point on, 
we will be handling mm-hmm. the situation and, 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 and do that. If you do that, yep. you kind of put that apology blanket on it, which means, okay, at least you're acknowledging it. But when you try to cover it up and, 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 and berate someone else for doing their job, it just makes you look yeah. worse, and it draws out the situation a whole lot longer than what it needs to be. Yeah, sure, you may take a couple of bullets for your lack of knowledge of the situation when it happened, but mm-hmm. if you can come on out and, and apologize for it, that's all it takes. That's all it takes, but, man, I don't know why sports coaches, players, front office execs, commissioners, I don't know why they don't do – I don't know why they just don't apologize for their ignorance sometimes. And being ignorant of the situation doesn't mean – isn't a bad thing. It just means that you're unaware, even though in their situation, especially being a, a, a collegiate coach, or being a front office guy or a commissioner, you're supposed to be aware of these things, but sometimes things just slip through the cracks, unfortunately, and you just don't know. But, yeah, this is something he was supposed to know about. He just said, man, I'm sorry. I didn't know about it. And and and, and move on from there. But, nah, go ahead and make it messy. Nah, he, he, he had to get brave. But here's the thing, though. It, 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 it came out. That you know, even from Zach Smith himself, the, the the former wide receivers coach who abused his his wife was in the center of all this mess. Well, first of all, for for Urban Meyer to risk his career, risk his career, his job over a wide receivers yeah. coach. Stupid I don't get himself. it. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I understand that this dude Zach Smith. I'm sorry. The that who he's the grandson of Earl of 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 of, of um. I forget Earl. I guess his last name is Earl, but at any rate, he's a legendary coach who Urban Meyer considers a mentor. And you know, maybe that's pretty much why he's he taken he took this 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 guy under his wing. He's taken this guy under his wing for several years, even you know even to potentially look that away at at times because he's had a long list of abuse issues. But it came out later through Zach Smith himself. That Urban not only knew, he threatened Zach Smith with, his, with, with, with being fired if it yeah. came true. So, which made Urban Meyer a lot, look a lot worse when he went out to that reporter saying, he kept repeating, saying, I don't know nothing about it, which again, even though it came out that Urban did the right thing in reporting it and letting the guy know this crap's not going to tolerate it, it's true. All I had to do was say no comment. No comment. Again, I know it seems unfair for college coaches everywhere to keep an eye on your staff and players and all that stuff, but that comes with the territory. That comes with being the highest paid state employee in most cases. That comes with the territory of the it does. Uh, of the spotlight. You know, it, it, it comes with territory. It, 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 you know, it is what it is. It's just, uh, again, all he had to do or Auburn had to do was say, no comment. No comment, and none of this crap is happening with it. But at any rate, um, which is funny because we're not funny in a hilarious way, but if you look at Urban's being suspended for the first two games of the season, uh, you know, it's going to come against Oregon State, Rutgers, and TCU being the toughest 
uh, uh, game at the horseshoe. So it yeah. won't be, it's not a life suspension per se, but, you know, I guess the, I guess the board of trustees try to satisfy both sides of the equation. Besides being, he didn't do anything wrong. He was supposed to, he was supposed to control his whole, his whole program to the ones who feel like he should be fired. So it, I guess it's a, a so-called happy medium, if you want to call it that. It's, it's, it, it should have been, it's a situation where, again, it could have been avoided. It could have been avoided. It could have. But, yes. But it is and, and it to is, make so. another quick statement about it real quick before we move on. Yes, sir. I'm still trying to sure. figure out why people, including the person who I, 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 I referenced this thing, this category under, I don't know why they don't do it. And what I like to call, I like to call it the Michael Vick rule. Because, of mm-hmm. course, with the whole dog situation, and even the marijuana situation, which led to the, the, the marijuana investigation, which led to them finding out about the dogs, the thing should have been yeah. there. Dude, Michael Vick is the point man in this in his crew, right? He is the top dog right. in that crew for lesser for for the, the lack of a better uh, lesser uh, a better term that is. Since it was Urban right. Meyer, he is the top person in this situation. Dude, you're gonna have to take this hit in this situation yep. if they hit you. Right. They're not going to hit you as hard as they're going to hit me. Even when they hit you, that means you got to go somewhere for a couple of years, chill out, or in Mike Vick's situation, your boy may have to get locked up for a year or two, but when you come out, I got you. Or in this case, whatever Meyer, you get suspended for a couple of years, but once that time is done, I'll rehire you. I'll handle this situation mm-hmm. as it long as you absorb the bro- the blow. I don't know yeah. why this that's what didn't happen in this situation. But no, you want to go out there, you want to try to be prove that you bulletproof man and and Superman and stick your chest out. Now you went ahead, you took hit. One that hit being three games, and we'll talk about it a little mm-hmm. bit later. That game against TCU may prove to be important this season. Mm, right, right. And speaking of which, we might as well get into it, brother. The Big Ten. Uh, yeah. And it's just a segue to the Big Ten. But anyway, um, it's funny we're talking about how it stays now because, you know, if it's going to – I mean, it, it has this look for the past few seasons where you got the Big Ten East with Ohio State. Penn mm-hmm. State is making noise. Michigan, yeah. which if, if they ever live up to the hype, and Michigan State's always always a factor for most years, and followed mm-hmm. by Wisconsin in the West Division, and perhaps maybe Northwest. But what you said is very important because this figures to be a tough Big Ten. It figures be, like, because Ohio State's not alone at the top. Um, you know all those teams I mentioned, and 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 if you look at the first three games again, Oregon State at home. All three games are at home, by the way. That over my spinner. Oregon State, oh, of course. Rutgers, and mm-hmm. TCU. The first two are wins. Let's, let's just, let's just, Oregon State's awful. Rutgers is on the up and up, but they're not so good. It's just that Rutgers TCU, is below awful. TCU, <laughs> Rutgers is, let's be real. Rutgers is below awful. Let's be real. 
<laughs> and when you're talking about Power 5 teams, they're below off. They always have been, always will be as long as they stay in the Big Ten. That's oh, just be real. Spoken as a true Maryland guy. <laughs> uh, but seriously, if you look at TC, TC is supposed to be a factor in the Big 12. That's huge. Yeah. Even though I know they're playing TCU at the horseshoe, it's a primetime game, mm-hmm. and that figures to be that figures to be like if like uh, I mean props to Ohio State for playing people who were who were for damn out conference. You know they did with Oklahoma two years in a row. I know it bit them in the ass last year, but they they, they if they didn't get blown out by Iowa at Iowa, then they would have been a cost for a playoff. But that's another story for another time. Um, yeah. But if T if they get past TCU. It's going to be real slim because they have to go to Penn State. Uh, they go to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. They, they, they. I think they, they didn't host. They'll, they'll, they'll play Wisconsin this year. But they, they play they, Wisconsin. They, oh, they do play Wisconsin. And they do play Wisconsin. I'm sorry. They do play Wisconsin, and they host Michigan. They host Michigan, right? So here's the deal. So here's the deal. Um, it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. So, you know, what are, you, what, are you, what are your thoughts on Ohio State? And maybe or is this the year that Ohio State gets 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 past gets 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 lapped, if you will, in the Big Ten if they're outside of a team that's not named Wisconsin? I don't know if they'll necessarily get lapped. But like you said, it's going to be a, a, a battle, okay. yeah. especially in mm-hmm. that division. Um, you know, yeah. with Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan all being ranked in the top 15 this year, uh, um, mm-hmm. as well as Ohio State. So they're going to have, to, they're going to have a tough road. But the, the team in that division who I'm a little bit more – who I'm going to keep my eye on a little bit more than them – I'm not saying mm-hmm. that they're necessarily going to win the division. I'm just going to, I'm keeping my eye on them more because of their schedule. Is Michigan now allegedly mm. supposed to be um, the best team that Jim Harbaugh has had since he's been in Ann Arbor? They've been saying that for a long schedule, time. <laughs> yeah, it it, it 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 is. You know, it's it's. it's but he, he has five tough games this year. Again, well, he has five yeah. games against ranked opponents. He's going to be at Notre Dame, actually, the, the first Saturday yeah. of the year. Then they got Wisconsin at home. They ha- they're mm-hmm. at Michigan State. They play Penn State at the crib. And then, of course, they go to the horseshoe. So they're going to have a lot to say with what goes on within that division because not only do they play the other big boys in the division, but they also have a potential Big Ten championship game matchup preview against Wisconsin, and they had that other conference game against Notre Dame that they got to go through this year, and they will be battle-tested. How they come out is is something that we have to wait and see. But, um, yeah, it's going to be some battles going on. Maybe Michigan and Michigan State may be overrated. Who knows? But it's going to be interesting to watch this Conference this year, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be bananas because if you look at the well, first one with Michigan, how good is it to see Michigan and Notre Dame play? I know they may not play every year, 
going forward. But how cool is it to see that again? Michigan at Notre Dame. Yes. Opening week. NBC, primetime. How cool is that? How cool is that? But if you look at the East itself, you, God, man, Ohio State, Penn State, mm-hmm. Michigan, and Michigan State. Four yeah. teams are in the AP preseason top 15. Not 25, yes. not 20, top 15. Top 15. That is unreal. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk about Wisconsin for the West. Make that five. No. So, yes. this is the Big Ten, man. It's, at the top, is bananas. The East itself is going to be bananas. You have to feel bad for, uh, at least a little bit bad for Indiana, even though I can't stand Maryland for obvious reasons, for ACC reasons, but Maryland and Rutgers. Yeah. I mean, I think Maryland and Rutgers are just happy to just get a big check <laughs> every year. Exactly. <laughs> There's no way in the hell. And we haven't talked about Maryland issues yet off the field. But yes, of course, from the podcast from the time. But at the same time, I do want to address uh, it real quick. Oh, go ahead. that's go ahead. one of the things. You're the Maryland guy here. Yes. Yeah, just real quick because I haven't really heard anyone else say this, and I want to get your opinion on my thoughts of this. You know, people sure. consider this Maryland job to be a coach killer because no matter who they bring in, because uh, mm-hmm. no matter who they bring in, because of how tough this division is. And we're seeing it this year with four teams being in the top 15. It's going to be hard for a Maryland team not only to compete in Big Ten football, but just to compete mm-hmm. within that division. And you right. have that type of pressure on a head coach, knowing mm-hmm. that he's going to have to win in order for him to keep his job. What is, what is he going mm-hmm. to do? He's going to push the players right. that he has in order to make sure they get the maximum effort out of them. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit too hard. And unfortunately, that's what happened with the young man, um, Jordan McNair. He was being pushed a little bit too hard. I just think that the pressure of being in the Big Ten, even though it was a huge money grab for both them and Rutgers, the pressure of being in the Big Ten, unfortunately, could be a link to why Jordan McNair passed away. No one, I haven't heard many people talk about it, but that's, that's what I'm thinking, that that pressure of being in that division is just too much on coaches. They're having a hard time recruiting locally. They're having a hard time recruiting on the East Coast. They can't get talent in there, and it's making it harder for them coaches to win. And, and unfortunately, man, someone had to pass away. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, the, the, the culture of the, the culture of alleged bullying by the coaching staff, and yeah. the all has gotten them with two losing seasons. Really? Exactly. Really? I mean, that's that's exactly. that's just that's that's laughable. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, I mean, that's like when when Carolina got in trouble, like those like those three years ago, and the most that got them was like a like a a semi-major bowl <laughs> and a semi-major bowl loss. So it's, it's yeah. one of those things that like, it's like the ends definitely do that justify the means. And, and, and you know, and, 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 they, and it's not like the, the ends wall of that. You know, you're still mediocre. So I don't know. It's, it's a bad situation. 
I hope it gets resolved pretty soon. I don't think DJ Jerkin will keep his job. Um, you know, the, the, his strength and conditioning coach is his boy. He's already got. Mm-hmm. He's already left the school. So it's, it's so now he's a dead man walking. So I, I think that to your point, Maryland will kill us another coach, and and someone else had to try and fix that dumpster fire. But um, exactly, it's just crazy. But but I, but but I'll tell you what though, the bright spot about the Big Ten, even though Maryland and Ohio State has been muddying up the news uh, lately for this conference. Here's a potential bright spot story, uh, surprise story: Michigan State, and uh, we'll we'll, so, we'll we'll wrap up the Big Ten shortly. But it's just a really nice for Michigan State if you look at their schedule. They get like the toughest games, two of the toughest games at home. They get Michigan at home. They then they mm-hmm. get Ohio State at home. They go to Penn State. That's the, that's the only thing. If they, I don't think they'll beat Penn State. But if Michigan State has a shot, they have a damn good shot. And again, I mean, I know they have a early, they have a, they have a early, early season tilt at Arizona State, but Arizona State's not that good. So, no. um, really, the game this season comes down to two games, or three, at Penn State, or by tomorrow, the following week by by hosting Michigan. And then a few weeks later in November, early November, they host Ohio State. If they win two of those three games, they're in the driver's seat. I think they'll be in the driver's seat in the Big Ten East and perhaps by going to the Big Ten Championship against Wisconsin because I don't see anybody challenging Wisconsin out west. I know Minnesota is supposed to be improved. I know Northwest is well coached. Who knows what's going on at Nebraska, but that's Wisconsin's division to lose. And it will be for the foreseeable future, but I would be don't be shocked to see Michigan State in the Big Ten Conference Championship. You know what? What the hell? I got Michigan State and Wisconsin playing for the Big Ten Championship, and Wisconsin winning. What say you, sir? Oh wow! You know what? If that happens, it'll be interesting because that means, of course. Uh, 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 Wisconsin, of course, dominated their, their division and, and moved on and to the conference game. And, and right. that means, in my opinion, if, if if Michigan State does that, they either will have to dominate the division or right. it'll be something that the Big Ten does not want to see, which is what happened in the Pac-12 last year, where everyone within That's that right. division beat up <laughs> on one another. And you can't have right. that. With a situation like Michigan State beats Michigan, Michigan beats Penn State, Penn State beats Ohio State, and Ohio State beats Michigan State. They cannot have something like that. Because if they do, right. it'll bring down the quality of wins within the conference. And then that division winner against Wisconsin means that they just beat up on the, the, the winner of the, the, the teams that beat up on each other which means that depending upon whatever happens in the, the other conferences may not look too well on the Big Ten as a possibility they may get left out. In order for Wisconsin to get respect, they're going to need the, their counterparts of the other division. They're going to need at least one team to come out and be dominant and then beat them in the conference game. But I'm with you. I agree right. that Wisconsin comes out of their division. I'm mm-hmm. going to go ahead. So in this one, 
and say that Penn State comes out oh. of that division. I'm going to go ahead and put a dice game right. and, and, and pull it out on Penn State. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this Michigan team, like I said, and also with this Ohio State team, especially with Urban Meyer being suspended those first three games and how they bounce back. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to go ahead and and, 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 and it's not going to be a shocker. But, but pick the team that is currently middle of the pack to come out and mm-hmm. win that division. Well, I'll tell you what. It would be an awesome story because I'm a, I'm a big fan of, 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 of uh, Coach Franklin, even though a lot of people think he's slimy. I mean, the dude yeah. won at Vanderbilt. Dude knows what the hell he's doing. But if, if you look at Penn State, I'm going to spend one more moment with the Big Ten with you. Yeah, I'll come the schedule. They host Appalachian State. Appalachian State's not a bad squad, but they go no. to Pitt. It's good to see Pitt State and Pitt playing again, even if it's going to go, even even if it's going to be only for the next uh, couple of years. Then they play host to Kent State. The toughest games, are, most of the toughest games are at home. They they get Ohio State, Michigan State at home. They get Wisconsin at home, but they have to go to Michigan. That's the that's the only thing. I, I just think that Michigan State has an easier road than Penn State. Um, who knows how Penn State will look after like Saquon Barkley's departure? But they still have talent, and they still have Coach Franklin. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that hey, look, I wouldn't be shocked if Penn State won it. I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan wins it. If if, if, if oh, Coach Kecky Pass himself, Coach Harbaugh, finally lives up to the hype and get a team to the conference championship. Um, it wouldn't shut me at all. It really wouldn't. I just think that Michigan State's schedule is the ultimate uh, 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 equalizer. It's the ultimate breaker here. I think, again, if, if there's a three-game season for them. If they beat Ohio State, Michigan come, if they win two other three of Ohio State, Michigan at home, and, or, or and, and Penn State on the road, if they win two of that three, they're in the driver's seat. Because they would have had, had wins over two of those squads, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing mm-hmm. they're going to. I'm thinking they're going to blow Ohio State and Michigan at home. They're tough at home. They're well coached. They'll lose to Penn State, I think. But that's that's what it is. But if you look at Penn State's schedule again, the just two run the gauntlet, playing Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan. They have to play Wisconsin. That's going to be tough. Even though they get them to Happy Valley, that's going to be tough. So. Uh, we'll see, but we all agree. We both agree. There ain't no. There's, there's no one's gonna gonna challenge Wisconsin out west. It's 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 no. it's, it's the ultimate. It's like Alabama and SEC West right now. But uh, we'll get the SEC shortly. But we're gonna <laughs> head to the to the Pac-12. I'm gonna jump around with you right quick. All right. It's gonna be. You know, I know people favoring Washington. I know they're giving Washington a lot of love, and for good reason. I mean, Chris Peterson. I'm a huge fan of that guy, too. I mean, I love the way he – I mean, I know that uh, he wasn't responsible for putting Boise State on the map originally, but, boy, did he take it to the stratosphere. All those win, all those big bowl wins, those New Year's Day bowl wins, the Statue of Liberty play that we're never going to forget against Oklahoma. Um, never. Big wins against big programs. It's just that their confidence at the time kept them from – literally kept them from – Could be in the national championship. His best season 
his best team at Boise State lost on a missed field goal from 27 yards out. If they make that field, that kid missed that field goal, and I know he's hating himself to this very day. But if that kid made that field goal, they would have been playing, uh, um, I think, Oregon for the national championship that year. Not Auburn, but Cam Newton. That's I firmly believe that. Or maybe Boise mm. State bumps out Oregon. Who knows? But they would have been playing for the national championship. That would have been the first time a team from the group of five, uh, or they call it mid-majors back then, would have played for the national championship since uh, BYU did in the early 1980s. Um, yes. But, but, but you know, the thing is, Chris Peterson, I knew that he was going to make Washington a winner because he had more resources than he had at Boise State where he did more of less. So, uh-huh. look, I, I don't – I, I you know I think it's going to come down the north will come down between Washington and Stanford. I know people give Oregon some love, but they're not back yet, and they're probably going to be in transition since Willard Taggart came back on the Florida State. Um, uh-huh. I was like, really? You want me? Um, but to me, it's going to come down to either Washington or Stanford in the in the north. And who the hell knows in the South? I'm taking the USC right now just because they're better on paper. I mean, you have to give like a watch, like like uh, keep an eye on on Arizona because Kevin Sumlin running back on the exactly. five with Texas A&M, which I'm glad to see that. And I know people are going to roll their eyes when I talk about race, but deal with it. Um, to see a black coach land on his feet at a another Power Five school. That's great. That's progress. That, I was happy to see that because I think that's a great match for those two. Because Kevin Summer goes to a place where he doesn't have lofty expectations, but he will create mm-hmm. excitement at the same time. And he inherits a lot of offensive talent, too. Um, but I mean, at least he didn't. I was worried that he wouldn't find another opportunity. I was worried that he would face the same role as, as, as Charlie Strong. Um, Going from Texas, being fired at Texas and Southern, Southern South Florida, which is not a bad school, but it's not a powerful. No. Even though no. it was rumored that he was considered for the job at Florida State, and Florida Tiger had turned him down. So that's not here nor there. But the point is, there's lots of things to look at, and lots of things to look forward to in the Pac-12. But to me, I think Washington's a clear-cut favorite. Maybe Stanford after them, but. Um, I don't see anyone beating Washington, like topping Washington in the Pac-12 this year. I really don't. I don't either. But like you said, Stanford is one of those teams that you need to watch. And once again, they had that schedule. They have a very beefy schedule. And, God, I hate the term of being able to control your own destiny. But they do have quality teams that they do face. Once again, within the Pac-12, you know, they have USC at the crib. They go to Oregon and they go to Washington, which is going to be tough. But they also play at Notre Dame. Once again, Notre Dame are these out-of-conference games. Well, I'm sorry. They're not out-of-conference because they're independent. But these games that they have against these various conferences, especially top teams in these various conferences, will potentially make a case right. for them to battle for a playoff right. spot again. But they just have to get these wins. They they have to get these wins. But Stanford, once again, got it, they got a road ahead of them. 
to go ahead and try to compete. And I agree with you, it'll end up being whoever wins between Washington and, and Stanford to go against uh, USC in that, that Southern Division. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to agree with you. I think it's going to be Washington. They they should be able to take care of Stanford at the, at the crib. You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, Peterson is bringing back 16 returning starters. Should be fine. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. This is a team that was uh, top eight themselves last year. So right. we'll, we'll see what this team does uh, um, within the conference. But like I said, it's, 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 if you get a chance, keep up with what Stanford is doing because it's like whatever they do, will dictate what happens within the rest of the conference. Dude, I'm looking back at Washington. That's a good point you made about Stanford, by the way. Um, they, 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 they have quite a slate, <laughs> to be sure, because, you know, there's no easy – there's not many easy outs in the Pac-12. Well, actually, there, there are, but it's, it's pretty balanced. Pac-12, I think, is a pretty balanced conference, um, which mm-hmm. has been to the detriment the last few seasons. But to the detriment last year, especially, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Last year definitely cost them. It definitely cost Washington. Speaking of Washington, though, I think it comes down to one. As far as college football playoff aspirations go, I think it comes down to one game. Opening week against Auburn. At the, mm-hmm. at, at, I think at the Georgia Dome. I'm not the Georgia Dome. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz Dome, oh. yes. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Uh, still sucking nice. But anyway. Uh, I'm begging yep. you, Scott, if you haven't been – you need to come down with me, brother, uh, in, in December to the Mercedes-Benz Dome. I heard it's fat. I heard it's fat, man. I heard it's fat palace. It is beautiful. And concessions palace. are cheap. I was capable of getting a chicken tenders combo and a soda for $10. And the souvenir soda at oh. for 10 bucks. Oh. I was like, wow, let me go ahead and take this now. I'm just mad I completely forgot that Chick-fil-A was in the building, and, of course, it was a Saturday, and I could have partaken. I will make sure I do that the next time I'm down there. But, yes, come down. It is a beautiful stadium, beautiful experience. I heard that. Yeah, so many people told me the same thing. I might have to make a road trip, man. I don't know when, but, damn it, I'm getting down there. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I'm getting down there. Uh, But, yeah, but, but. But uh, dude, Auburn at the at at the Mercedes Benz Dome. Uh huh. If Washington doesn't win that game, chances are they probably won't be back. They won't be in the college football playoff. I hate to say it early, but you know those people in the committee, they're gonna look at that because they figure yeah, they, they figure the Pac-12 is not gonna be all that strong. Uh, mm-hmm. And 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 I think it's gonna cannibalize itself again. But I think if Washington does beat Auburn. Look the hell out, college football playoff. Look the hell out. And, and you can't ignore them. If they beat Auburn, right. in my personal opinion, you cannot – and they don't stumble within the conference. You cannot ignore right. Washington. But they have right. to get that win, and they have to keep their nose clean, which is a problem in the Pac-12 because somebody is eventually going to sneak up on – if history has shown us, somebody's going to step up in that conference and beat who they need to beat in order to knock somebody off. 
Yeah, exactly. So that's going to be huge. I mean, got to love college football. Got to love I mean, all these opening matchups, opening marquee opening matchups week one alone, and some of week two yeah. as well with Clemson and Texas A&M. We'll get to that later. But God, you got to love college football. You, you got to love college football. I'm so hyped right now. I could just jump up and down and run through a wall. I'm so hot right now. It, 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 it's, just, it's just fun. It's just, it's just so fun. Um, and I never thought I'd say that years ago, but damn it, NFL is going stale and the price is going stale. They don't even know what the hell a catch is still. So, I mean, they still don't. Combine that they, they don't know what a sack is now. God, they don't even know what a damn tackle is. But, yeah. Anyway, we won't spoil it with the NFL, but that's what makes college football so good. Let's move on to the, to, to the Big 12. It's right. interesting. No Baker Mayfield. I know they mm-hmm. got a new kid. Uh, Colin Burns transferred from Texas A&M. He's going to sleep a lot. Who, by the way, was drafted in the first round by the Oakland A's. And for some oh, wow. reason, even though, even though, now get this, even though this kid, is projected to have a far better baseball career because dude can play some baseball. He can play some baseball. He chose to stick with college football, where as an undersized quarterback, he doesn't have much of a of a not not, not a good a shot to make the NFL. So I don't know if he's got something to prove. Maybe he has something in his contract that with the Oakland A's that he could pick it up once he leaves Oklahoma. I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. Lee Riley's still in town. Um, they're still going to be good. They're still going to score a lot of points. But you have TCU. You have West Virginia. And you can't really count out Mr. I'm 40 in, uh, <laughs> in Oklahoma State. Um, and, and, of course, there's Texas, even though I, I still think Texas is overhyped. They got them ranked 23rd right now. But I really think it's going to come down between Oklahoma, TCU, and West Virginia. Um, but uh, – who do you have, like, in the Big 12 right now, just just off the top of your head? Right now, I have Oklahoma. But, yeah. you know, um, even though I, I, don't, I don't expect much out of them, and I completely agree with you with, with, about Texas, Texas mm-hmm. is one of those teams, once again, that can control their own destiny. God knows. I, 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 I keep saying it, but I, I hate the statement, control your own destiny. Destiny is already right. something that, that is fulfilled, so you can't control something that's already destined. But they control their situation. They have games right. against TCU, Oklahoma. I mean, everybody has those games. But they have a game against USC, another out-of-conference <clears throat> game that needs to be watched between USC and Texas. If Texas can show out early in the year against USC, it'll go a long way, right. especially once they start going in the division, not division, within the conference. And if they can go through the conference, for once, the Big 12, they might get a little bit of respect. And actually, it will help them in their case. Uh, against, yep. Because let's be real. The, Pac, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 – are really competing against one another to get that number four spot. Sure. Let's be real. And that mm-hmm. game between USC and, and, and Texas will kind of be a gauge. It's going to be referred to later on in the year as a gauge on which 
team, which team out of those two conferences should get that number four spot if they're going to be in consideration? Because everyone's going to talk about, okay, well, they play Texas. It's going to be, what, what's, the, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, similar opponent. Mm-hmm. You know, well, common opponent. It's a common opponent. So everyone within the Big 12 would, would have played Texas. Everyone within the Pac-12 would have played potentially USC. And then you have that con- that cross-conference matchup between the two. And depending upon what happens with that, that is, like I said before, dictate that number four spot. So that's a game that needs to be watched. Also within, what's that, uh, September the 15th. So that's, that's yep. the one we need to keep our, our eye on in a couple of weeks. Well, you know what? I, this is off the beaten path here. I, one, one game that I'm looking forward to, and it's not even a marquee game, is Oklahoma hosting Florida Atlantic for one reason only. Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Lane, Lane I Kiffin. forgot it's about that. It's going to be that. a new kickoff on Fox. Lane Kiffin is going to show out on Fox. And normal Oklahoma, that's going to be hilarious. But let me talk about one, one other game. Well, two other games. It involves West Virginia. They get mm-hmm. to play Tennessee and Charlotte to, to open the mm-hmm. season. Again, got to love this opening, opening week matchups in college football. Got to love it. But then – they get to go to NC State two weeks from the, the first game of the season, the 15th in, in September. So I say all this because even though both teams, both those teams I mentioned aren't ranked, that's a decent out-of-conference slate. Tennessee, it is. neutral field, and a true road mm-hmm. game at NC State. Both teams should, well, those, both those, of those teams should be vastly improved this season. So, look, if West Virginia beats those two squads, and then that, that I mean, I know it's a round robin in the Big Big Twelve anyway, but they get TCU at home, they get Oklahoma at home to end the season, mm-hmm. and they go to Texas. I again, I think Texas is overhyped, so I think West Virginia will, will beat Texas, but if they beat both TCU and Oklahoma at home. Coupled with those two out of conference wins I mentioned earlier, they're in the drop. They they're in the playoff driver. They're driving seat for the playoffs, bro. If they don't, they, they don't stumble in the, in the conference championship game, because that's been mm-hmm. stuff very nicely for West Virginia. So you got to keep an eye on that. It does. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. I'm interested to see that as a state alum to see how they do against West Virginia. West Virginia is a better team. D.C. State's supposed to be a lot better as well, so that's going to set up well. So, you know, TCU, I mean, I look at the schedule now, they play Southern um, over the season. They go to Ohio State, as we already know, uh, and mm-hmm. the 15th on prime time. Uh, the last game that Urban Meyer will be suspended. Um, they go to Texas, they host Oklahoma, and they go to West Virginia, and they host Oklahoma State. That I mean, it sets up kind of okay. It sets up DC with TC in terms of a super schedule out of conference, except for maybe Ohio State. Um, but, you know, TCU is going to be, I think they're going to be a, a bona fide dark horse. But I really like Oklahoma. I think it's going to come, this victory is going to come down between Oklahoma and West Virginia. Maybe Oklahoma edging out West Virginia when it's all said and done. And if that's the case, if Oklahoma. 
given given what the, the scenarios I mentioned about West Virginia, I think West Virginia would be the best team in the conference. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if they won, if they win both of those two out of conference games. Um, if Oklahoma does go, and Oklahoma schedules much more favorably than West Virginia, then Oklahoma it will be a college, possible college football playoff representative. But if West Virginia goes and they beat up on each other, they may be on the conference maybe the outside looking in once again. But I think it's uh-huh. be Oklahoma, West Virginia, and I think Oklahoma. I get the answer to Oklahoma right now. Mm. It'll be interesting um, because, of course, that that Oklahoma West Virginia regular season game, of course, yep. it won't dictate what happens in the championship game. They're <clears throat> able to meet again, but of course, it's going to be a game to watch um, to, to to at least see how that game plays out, and it'll be interesting to see what happens if West Virginia is capable of dominating that game. Because where is the Big 12 championship game played? Is it Dallas? Dallas. I think it's Dallas, yeah. I think it's Dallas. Yeah, if they're capable of beating up on OU at the crib, it'll be interesting to see how that translates into a championship game on a neutral field um, in Dallas. Now, West Virginia can travel. But that's almost uh, that's Oklahoma's backyard. That's a home game for Oklahoma. So, that's a home game for Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so it'll be interesting to see if that happens. So, you know, I did say watch Texas because Texas is is, is going to be that that team that shapes, like I said before, both Big Ten, well, Big Twelve and Pac Twelve. But that West Virginia right. Oklahoma game uh, regular season is going to be one to watch as well. Well, one last thing about the Big 12 before we move on is are they going to – like, how how crazy was the whole expansion thing two years ago? I think – I personally think if they would have expanded, I think I'm one of the few knuckleheads who think it would help the Big 12 in the long term because it would give them two divisions. And mm-hmm. it would, because, you know, because right now I know they could be the round robber, but – it's like the, re- the 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 championship is always going to be a rematch, and coming yeah. off off the regular season, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, we got to see this crap again, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, at least it would have given given the uh, 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 an element of surprise a bit. They split up in the two divisions, but needless to say, um, Big Twelve is a mess, <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen to them long term. The conference long term, but it's it's a hot ass mess. Yeah, if if you don't have more than than ten teams in your conference, your championship game is always going to be a rematch. And you're right. To some, even though it's, it's, I don't I don't know what the statistics are, but to some, right. if you've already seen one seen to get beat down once, you might not want to watch that second game, even though it could turn out completely different. But it, it's right. it's going to be unfair because of course the committee will always remember what happened in the first game. And, and they will hold – and God forbid you lose that first game and you win that second game, or you lose that big game, that first game big, and you win that second game close. If that happens, right. then of course the committee is really going to take it out because they're never going to get that first game out of their minds. 
Exactly. Well said. Well said. And I'm going to do something crazy and combine the ACC and the SEC because of one reason, well, actually a couple of reasons. Is there anyone in the ACC and the SEC who's capable of toppling Clemson and Alabama, respectively? I mean, is that, is, I almost feel like I'm wasting my time going through both of those conferences previous. Not to say they're both terrible conferences, but those two teams are so dominant. They even in the very good ACC and the very good SEC, uh-huh. they're having shows above everybody else, at least on paper. Yeah. And, you know, look, I know that um, Auburn pounded Alabama last year. That was to be kind of special because it was at their place, and B, it was a rivalry game, so you never know. Yeah. But look at Clemson's schedule. They play Furman. They mm-hmm. go to Texas A&M, which is a you know pretty good out-conference game, a true road game. They host yeah. Georgia Southern. They, host, they go to Georgia Tech. They host Syracuse. They're at Wake. They host uh-huh. NC State. They're at Florida State, which is going to be a big game. They host Louisville. They go to Boston College. They host Duke, and they host South Carolina. That has twelve and zero written all over it. Really it does. It has twelve and zero written all over it. Again, Florida State's going to be better, but I don't know if it's going to translate because Florida State has a tough ass schedule, and we'll get to them in a minute. But, 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 but I mean, I saw Miami being improved as well. Does anyone stand a chance against Clemson? I mean, that's, that's a serious question. Does anyone in the ACC stand a, a decent chance against Clemson? I'm going to go ahead and say no. But like you said, Miami has a decent or has has a puncher's chance in the, in, the, in the conference championship game. Once again, barring if anything goes wrong within the regular season and they don't slip up against anybody, especially against Virginia right. Tech. So, barring that, and barring them slipping up against Florida State at Florida State, at Tallahassee, you, you don't want to go in the right. dope messing around. But, you know, it's a possibility they go in – well, it, they should go in the dope and beat FSU. But, right. um, yeah, I don't see anybody um, beating Clemson, man. It, it, it's theirs to, uh, to, to, to win. But you're right, FSU, they have a toughie. You know, they got B-Tech at the crib. They go to uh, Cole Gables. They got Crimson at the crib, and they go to Notre Dame. So, yep, they got an interesting schedule. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is Crimson's. Even though they lost a lot of pieces in the draft, this is theirs to win. Exactly. And so here's the thing. With Florida State, I mean, I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. But to your mm-hmm. point, it may not show up in so many games because maybe a couple games difference because the schedule, I mean, they host Virginia Tech week one. Wow. Yeah. They go to Miami, they host Clemson, and they go to Florida State. I mean, go, I'm sorry, they go to Notre Dame. I'm kidding. They go to, to Notre Dame. That's that's eight and four to nine and three written all over that schedule. And, it's, again, it does. That's not to say it should be a bad thing for Florida State, but Florida State's a place that until recent until last year was expected to contend for championships. And yeah. I just think they got tired of Jimbo Fisher last year. I think it just fell out the bottom fell out, even though they finished up the season pretty strong. Um, but 
it's just it's just interesting. It's just very, very interesting to see what happened with Florida State. I think they're on the way up. I think Taggart can recruit like hell. He, he mm-hmm. turned around South Florida. He got Oregon on the up and up in his one year there. And being back in Florida, he's a Florida boy too. Yeah. He's gonna, I think he's going to tear it up recruiting-wise in, in, in Florida State. It's just a matter of, again, the schedule is going to kill them because Miami's back. Clemson is Clemson, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame should be a lot better this year. So, yeah. Uh, again, it may not show reflect much of the standings, but I think eight and four and nine and three would be good enough records for them. But last but not least, like between Virginia Tech and Miami, the coast is going to be interesting because you got Virginia Tech and Miami. I, I think I, I love. I always I always been a fan of of, of Mark Rick. I think I thought I still think he got a raw deal in Georgia, even though. Georgia probably got it got stale, but it's not mm-hmm. like he stunk up the joint. I mean, dude, average team wins the season in the SEC at Georgia. He did, but but you couldn't beat Bama, yeah, or LSU. So that's well, what that, that's the only, that was his only sin. <laughs> that was the sin. He couldn't beat Bama, mm-hmm. but um, but and occasionally Florida as well. But if you look at Miami's schedule, the first game they play LSU in Dallas. Mm-hmm. That's going to be huge. That's going to be a telltale game for the season for both squads, frankly. Yeah. Um, I think if Miami wins that, I think I, I think they're setting up setting up pretty well. Now, granted, they got that game at Virginia Tech near the end of the season. That's going to be very tough. I think Virginia Tech is going to be a lot better this year as well. Hell, one publication had, had Virginia Tech going uh, undefeated, and if you could believe that, but. Needless to say, Virginia Tech would be a lot better. But I'm going to hop back to the to the uh, Atlantic right quick. And I'm not saying this because it's my alma mater, but what the hell, I'm going to bring it up anyway. <laughs> NC State should be a lot better. That coach, Dave Doran, I've given him hell in the past couple of seasons, but seasons prior to last season, but he can recruit. He's getting a lot of in-state talent. They play West Virginia at home early in the season. Mm-hmm. When they play Florida State at home as well, um, so it's setting up well for them as well. But I, I, I just think that it's it's Clemson's Clemson championship to lose. I think I I don't. I mean, granted, Virginia Tech's well coached. Miami has a lot of talent, and Florida State they're like a year or two away. But I just don't see anyone challenging Clemson in, a, in the ACC, man. I just, I just don't. I, I just don't. I completely agree with you. Um, like you said, FSU is a year or two away. Um, both uh, your boys, the head coach at, at FSU last year and FSU, they were tied with one another. So that was an amicable breakup. It just surprised Yeah. Um, some at Florida State uh, of, of how he left. But, yeah, they were tired of one another. And to bring in Taggart, it'll be interesting to, to see him run this, um, this, 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 what, 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 what do they call it? They call it the, um, the Gulf Coast offense. Yeah. For those in HBCU, they, they know that sounds very familiar because that's the old Florida A&M offense. Mm. So it's going to be real fun. It's going to be a fun offense for FSU because they're going to go back to running this. That's something that they used to run in the uh, early 90s with, with uh, Bobby Bowden. They're going to go back to that. 
but it's going to be a mm-hmm. Florida A&M style to it. <clears throat> the thing is, if you want to know how to beat that Gulf Coast offense, you can go ahead and call Bill Hayes. He's somewhere in North Carolina, the old North Carolina A&T head coach. He used to beat up yeah. on them Florida A&M boys, but I digress. I don't even want to get Florida yeah. A&M fans mad by talking about that. But they're going to be a year or two away. Once they start getting talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball, they always get talent on the defensive side. But once they start getting better receivers to play with that young QB that they have, what is this? This is, this is his sophomore year, right? Francois, I yeah, think is so his much. name? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, wait, so wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about Florida State's quarterback? Yes. So this is James Blackman, right? Yeah, James Blackman. He'll be a sophomore. James Blackman will be a sophomore. He's a true sophomore. That's right. Daniel yeah, Francois would be a redshirt junior senior. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, 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 they'll have a year or two to start running this offense and, and getting acclimated to it and, and bringing in talent to run it. But, yeah, right now, they're not beating Clemson. I don't, I don't see no. anyone – uh, 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 in that division beating them, but it'll be interesting to see how Miami stacks up against Clemson come the uh, the championship game. Barring any injuries. Last, that's right. And last but not least, SEC. Look, alright, check that about is it going to be in Alabama. I know Georgia's there. I know Auburn's yeah. there. We know uh-huh. that. But it's, but, but it's Nick Saban. Okay, I don't. I don't think Gus Malzahn is beating, beating Nick Saban for two years straight, and I know that for some odd ass reason Mississippi has Alabama's number, but I, I, I just I just don't see it. I, I just don't see. I, I I just don't see anybody challenging Alabama because look at the schedule. They they post Louisville. I'm not also. They 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 play Louisville in the in the in the um, neutral field game, out conference game. I think in Orlando. I think it's in Orlando. Um, okay. They, yeah, and they and looking down to the schedule, they don't have. They never have much of a uh, out of conference schedule. They play the Citadel crowd out loud before they play Auburn. Um, they also play University of Louisiana, Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. Um, yeah. They play Arkansas State, but I mean, I mean, shoot, they 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 play LSU on the road, but they they down. I mean, LSU they. They look like the ultimate team. It's like they got all that talent in the world, but they just can't get it together. So, and they play Mississippi State at home. They play Auburn at home, as I mentioned earlier. It sets up so uh-huh. well for them. It sets up very well for them. Now, look, again, Georgia, Georgia, like Kirby Smart, he's building Georgia in the image of Alabama. And I know that um, Jimbo Fisher is, chilling, is, is doing his thing at Texas A&M with has seventy five million reasons to try to do well down there. Um but I mean who's beating who's beating Nick Saban in Alabama? I mean seriously. Who's beating them? Who's beating them? It'll be interesting to see. I don't um, think I don't Georgia see it. basically you know, Georgia has a cakewalk to the to the cha- to the conference championship game. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. You know, so um eh, it, it is what it is. Um, Auburn, they have a gauntlet to run through. LSU, they also have a gauntlet to run through, both in and out of conference for both teams. But like you said, with Bama, their toughest games all come in November. So they go ahead and right. sit through, through their season, 
go ahead and get fed off of, you know, the children of the poor and, and get ready right. for their toughest matchups towards the end of the year as they're getting ready for their conference championship game. So, and, and let's not forget, because I know they won't, they're not going to forget what happened at Auburn last year. Oh, God, no, not the right. way that went down. Even though they won the national Yo, title, they, they got hammered at Auburn, and they're not going to let that go. So at the end yeah. of the year, get ready. They may end up dishing it back out to them at the end of the year at home. So right. like you said, and, I don't know if anyone and, necessarily beats. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, but I don't think anyone uh, beats Alabama. I don't. I, I, and plus, too, not only that, not only Alabama over has to contend with. Guess who, who else they have to play, and they play every year? Georgia. And Georgia. guess where they play Georgia? In Athens. You think mm-hmm. Georgia remembers what happened to them last year? Yeah. You think they won't be thinking about that as well? So basically, yeah, they will. you got those two games on the road, two robbery games near the end of the season on the road, right? Because mm-hmm. Georgia and Auburn, that's, that's said to be the oldest robbery in, in, like, like a, in the deep south. So they play every year. That's a prominent crossover opponent. They also play Mississippi State on the road, and I know that exactly Mississippi State. You know, they they. I know that Dan Mullins in Florida, which I think he's going to do well at Florida. By the way, he's he's going to have he's going to have resources. He's done, he did more or less at Mississippi State for many years. Um, Mississippi State is still going to be a tough out, so that's going to be tough as well. But Georgia and Alabama on the road, two of the last three weeks of the season. I don't mm-hmm. see it for Auburn. I, 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 I just don't see it for Auburn this, this year. So, again, due to, due to the schedules, it's probably going to be Alabama and Georgia. Kirby Smart versus his mentor, Nick Saban, that we all want to see outside the championship game last year. Uh, that's the championship game last year. But, again, I don't see anybody out of the SEC beating uh, Alabama. Um so before we get to our picks for the uh, uh, college football playoff and the national championship and the national champion, we had to give some love to the group of five. I mean, they they've had some quality. This quality football being played, even though a lot of, now I've been showing them love. I don't really show them a whole lot of love. I think the I think the Sun Belt's a damn good football conference. I think the American Athletic is a very good football conference. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, you you with the American, you have Central Florida's ranked right now. I think they're ranked in the 20s. But you got to look out for the likes of South Florida. Charlie Strong has those guys. I know they're rebuilding. They're looking for a new quarterback after Quentin Flowers left, graduated last year from South Florida. But they got talent. Charlie Strong knows what the hell he's doing. He'll do a good job. Uh, I know Scott Frost left Central Florida to go to Nebraska. But Central Florida still has talent. Um Navy, got to watch out for Navy as well. They're always a tough out. They're very talented as well. Um, and who knows what's going to happen at UC, University of Cincinnati, so in Memphis. So we have a lot of good teams. Not great teams, but good teams. Um, and, and as well as South, in the Sunbelt, Mr. Sunbelt, you got Appalachian State, very good, as well as Troy and the likes of Troy and the company. Um, conference USA, I know that Alabama – uh, uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, UAB, 
it's a great story, but I mean, no one gives anyone a host of those chance of hell out of that conference. But so basically, it comes down to the Sun Belt to me. The Sun Belt, maybe the Mountain West, Boise State. You can never count those guys out. But basically, Boise State, Appalachian State from the Sun Belt, Central, a combination of Central Florida, South Florida, and perhaps Navy as a dark horse coming out of, out of the American. So, which one of those? Who, who do you think from the from the from the group of five will emerge this year? And maybe surprise some folks. Now, um, remind me if I'm if I'm uh, or, or correct me if I'm wrong. UCF uh-huh. and Florida Atlantic are both sub belt, right? Well, it's UCF is is the American, and American, Florida I'm Atlantic, sorry. if I'm not mistaken, is Conference USA. Uh, ah, I'm so, all over the place. I double checked that real quick, but I, I think Florida Atlantic's Conference USA, Lane Kiffin's crew. Um, but uh, yeah, let me. This computer's taking a long time to pull up. But at any rate, I think that's I think that's what it is. Uh, okay, so see, just be yeah, sure. So watch out yeah. for UCF. Yeah, they are. Watch out yeah. for uh, Florida Atlantic, and in the Midwest, Utah's in the Midwest, correct? Utah Boys, Pac-12. Yeah, you, you, yeah, I don't I don't know if those teams at best they'll be top twenty five. Um I, I don't know if if they'll be one of those teams that to sneak up and, and, and become a, a a playoff team. But yeah, you can go ahead and watch those. They they'll be interesting to see what they do uh this year as they of course look to have at least a nine or ten win season. Right, right. That's what I see for them, especially for Central Florida. I definitely see that for Central Florida. I see some of the South Florida as well. Navy, again, is going to be a tough out, too. So I'm just looking forward yeah. to what Lane Kim is going to do at Florida Atlantic in year two. That's, that should be very entertaining. They put a lot of points last year. They have boldly scheduling this season. Let me pull them up right quick. Look at the schedule I could just, just for laughs. They go to Oklahoma. They go to UCF. Yeah, you know, that's the two out of conference, major out of conference games. Uh, HBCU, in you know, HBCU, you know, they played uh, Bethune Cookman, uh, you know, at home early season as well. But, mm. you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting. But one last note I know you kind of got tripped up over the realignment crap. <laughs> you know, my brother freaked <laughs> out. He was like shocked. We were watching the ACC basketball tournament like three years, I want to say three or four years ago. He looked up, he saw like, like Notre Dame and Louisville. He's like, what were you like? Wait a minute, what did Notre Dame do the ACC? <laughs> exactly. If you did that follow what's going on with some of these conferences, you'll be scratching your head like, when did that oh, happen? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is real. I mean, stuff is crazy. That's definitely not a podcast for another time. But anyway, Final four picks. College football playoff final four picks. 
shocking. But Clemson, oh. Alabama, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's gonna be here's gonna be here's gonna be here's gonna here's how we're gonna flip it. I got, I got, I got Michigan State and and West Virginia. And West Virginia, again, if they win, if they beat Tennessee and and and, and uh, uh, NC State, which are both favored them, by the way, and if they do mm-hmm. well in the conference, in conference, and win the conference title, then with that schedule, then um, and uh, West and Michigan State earlier. If Michigan State, if they again, this sets up really well for them. If they run through their schedule with one loss and beat Wisconsin team that should, that even though they have a tougher schedule, it should be great as well. You can't really deny Michigan State out of the uh, Big Ten, which means unfortunately that Washington will get the short end of the stick once again from the Pac-12. So what do you say? What are your, what are your final? What's your final four? Ah, final four, final four. I'm going to go in with the two easy picks of Alabama and Clemson. Yep. This is where I seek you. This is where Uh-oh. I seek you, right? Mm-hmm. Washington, Notre Dame. Wow. Oh, Notre Dame. Wow. Notre Dame. Washington Notre and Notre Dame. I, I think Notre everybody Dame. else above Notre Dame beats up on one another. And they just go in uh-huh. and go through their schedule and and, and, t- and tally up some wins and go ahead and and, and uh, make themselves a, a, a very relevant for a conversation for playoffs. You know what? Let's take a look at Notre Dame's schedule because I know again this schedule it's a murderous road, but it sets up kind of nice because they play. We all know they play Michigan the opening week, right? They host mm-hmm. Ball State. They host Vanderbilt. They go away mm-hmm. for us. They host Stanford. Though the toughest game would be at Virginia Tech. And I say it's toughest because they'll be on the road. That's the yeah. only ranked true road game they have. But they come back and play Pitt at home. They play. They host Navy. They go to Northwestern. They host Florida State and they host Syracuse. And they go to USC, which should be tough as well. But I mean, I'm, I mean, USC is like, show me something. Show me. It's like every year you got to show me. Um, True. Because I don't have the most faith in, in, in USC, even though it's at, it's at their place. But it's just a pretty nice for Notre Dame, for your, to your point, because if they come out of that schedule with one loss, you can't keep them. You got a hard time keeping them out. You really do. Yeah. That's a damn good schedule. And that's supposed to be better this year, too. That should be interesting. So that's why, you know, I decided to go off the beaten path with my last pick, at least. Now, mm-hmm. there's a, a part of me that doesn't believe Notre Dame will get in. There's a, it's, it's, it's something about the fact that they're not in a conference, in my personal opinion, is going to be the thing that will keep them out until they make a decision to get into a conference. But I decided I'd go yeah. ahead and go off the beaten path with my fourth pick and my my, my number three team in Washington is one I still question. If I'm going with my brain, I'm really going Alabama, Georgia. Um, mm. Who is that? Alabama, Georgia, Penn State, and Clemson. Clemson. If I'm going with my mind. Mm. Mm. 
I just don't want to give another team to to another comments to team. <laughs> even though I, I, don't. You know, I always say this, like even though I say this, brother, if Miami didn't stink up the joint and pit at Pittsburgh last year, I think they would have showed up more focused against Clemson. Yeah, not saying that they were beating Clemson, but if if, if Miami had gone to the champ, AC championship game undefeated, mm-hmm. the conference would have been seriously been looked at. As possibly having two teams, a lot of people felt like they like forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Then Miami lose to Pitt the way they did, pretty much killed that dream for the ACC. But just going to show you, it will perhaps this close, perhaps this close to having only two teams represented in the college football playoff. Then, with Georgia, Alabama, depending on how the how the ACC championship game would have gone, Miami and Clemson. We were this close to having maybe two teams joining the two conferences represented. And wouldn't that be holy hell for the rest of the Power Five in college football if that happens? That's crazy. Hey, but if we're, it's a possibility that could happen this year. Yep. Yep. It's a high sure. possibility it's that could happen this point. year. It's going to happen yeah. at some point. Because we, we've already seen one, two team, one conference having two teams represented. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to eventually happen. It's that two only two conferences to be represented. And don't be shocked one day you have a conference of three teams, depending on how things go, with, with the other conferences mm. and other teams. So it's crazy. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not the far, it's not all the realm of possibility. But we'll see about that. And this is where it turns boring. My conference champ, Mike. College football playoff championship is going to come down again to like between Alabama and Clemson with Alabama winning. What a dud. What an uninspiring end to the podcast. <laughs> I know, right? But it, it, it's, it's difficult to go anyplace else because Bama is Bama. Clemson, once again, they put back up. And they retool and they look impressive. And, and, and everybody else, you know, there's some great teams out there. But are they strong enough to beat those two injury free? Is something that's going to have to uh, is, is something that's going to have to be proven. Because God knows what happens if if Clemson and Alabama both go undefeated. Miami goes undefeated, mm. and, and and Georgia has one loss. And they all meet in their conference championship games, and Miami and 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 Georgia both win. I think mm-hmm. that's the scenario where your two teams from two conferences that make up the playoffs. That's how that goes down. Oh my! Can you imagine the Big Ten? If, if, if Jim Delaney sees that shit happen, <laughs> Big Ten. Big Ten will be sick. And, and, and the Pac-12 and the Big 12 will be like, what do we have to do in order to get right. like that? Yeah, and that's when you'll probably see the beginning of college, uh, college football playoff expansion, which I don't want to see, but we will, that's another podcast. God knows podcast. I want it. Well. <laughs> 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 I know you do. Most people do want it. But anyway, it's all good. But hey, man, thanks a lot for joining me, man. Looking forward to a great college football season, brother. 
most definitely starts on the 25th for me, baby. A&T versus Jacksonville right. State. I'm ready this Saturday. There you go, brother. Represent, man. Represent. Peace out. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Check him out on the DRC Superstitious Sports Sports Blog as well as Easy Radio every week here at Baltimore Radio. I'm looking forward to talking about season, folks. I know that uh, we reached almost to, like, to the end of the hour and a half podcast, but hey, college football will do that to you. So enjoy the college, upcoming college football season. This is Scott Burks, the Clown. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, six. Good night.